live from Southern California. It's the Slightly Serious Show. The Slightly Serious Show. The furthest thing from serious. And now, here is your host, Slightly, along with co-host Eric from Georgia. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Slightly Serious Show. It is Monday, July 19th. Yeah, we've made it more than halfway through the month of July. For those of us that are surviving the COVID and surviving uh, all the other crap that's going on in society. Anyways, hopefully everybody had a fantastic weekend. I uh, it was relatively uneventful. Uh, I did go play uh, bingo with the old folks, though. Uh, they, they are still alive and kicking without COVID, playing bingo. And um, yeah, the old ladies kicked my ass. I didn't win in bingo over the weekend, which was very sadly disappointing. And uh, maybe maybe I'll get them next weekend. You know what I mean? That's what I told them to. Anyways, um, can you believe how expensive it is to play bingo? We all spend $100 just to play fucking bingo. Talk about outrageous. Talk about inflation. (laughs) Anyways, uh, uh, on high prices, I went to uh, the, the Petro station uh, this afternoon uh, to fill up uh, $4.99. That's, that's the going rate uh, for premium unleaded tonight. And uh, I suspect it'll go higher through uh, as we move along through summer. Uh, there's a, a, uh, a mileage tax here in the state of California that they're proposing to make to where you have to snap on some type of equipment to your vehicle. And they want to charge you four cents a mile. So you, uh, you know, add up that mileage in your head and yeah, you can figure that out for yourselves. Uh, pretty wacko crazy. But then again, it is the fabulous state where they give needles and such to drug addicts, state of California. And as I think it was just duck asked one time, and why do you live in California? Mm, well, I've, I've, I grew up here. It's all I know. I mean, except for Las Vegas. I, I, I know the city yeah. of Las Vegas and the state of Nevada very well as well. Well, move to Las Vegas then. At least they're not putting monitors on your car. That's true. That's true. Well, they haven't done that yet, so we'll see. You know, got to give them, got to give them, uh, let them see what, see what they do. I don't know what they'll do. But it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me one bit if they do that. I mean, hell, you know, we already know that uh, the, the federal government's starting to uh, knock on people's doors, right? <laughs> Yeah. Well, next thing's like I'm going to shove a chip up your rear end and charge you for toilet paper tax. So be careful. Yeah, that yeah, that is a thing. That uh, it's it's very crazy. I'm telling you. Anyways, last week uh, we kind of well, I think the big story of the day is uh, number one: do not look if you have a 401k. Do not look at your investments today because the Dow took a tumbling today, losing over 700 points. And uh, you know all the quote unquote professionals, uh, you know the financial experts. Uh, so-called, uh, they're all saying, uh, oh, it has to do with because COVID's increasing. We don't know. You know, There's fear based on if things are going to be shut down again and uh, tumbled about uh, more than 700 points. And uh, I think, I don't know, is that a, is that a reason of concern to anybody? Uh, you know, A lot of people out there are saying that we're, we're due for a crash because the market is way overpriced. Uh, I, I myself am concerned uh, with my mother because she's got money that, she, you know, uh, inheritance that she's going to be investing. I'm like, I'm not sure, sure if this is the right time to be putting money on the market. What do you think, Pert? Do you think uh, right now would be a bad time to enter? 
I, I wouldn't buy in right now. Well, I don't know. I mean, on the tumble, yeah, I'm not too sure about the, you know, the the whole decline thing. The, the thing is, it's anything in stock is a long haul. I mean, I know some people do like day trading and you're into the, the Dogecoin and all that, but really it's something you put your money in there, you leave it alone. It's kind of like planting a tree. You're not going to see, you know, a huge change in a one year or what have you, but over the course of time, you'll see it grow. So it doesn't bother me much. It just doesn't. I hear people complain they lost so much in the stock market. And my first question is, well, did you cash out? No. Well, then you haven't lost it yet. Right, exactly. Everybody says, well, you haven't lost unless you've actually cashed it out and taken the loss. Uh, if you keep it in there, you haven't lost a thing yet. Yeah, it, it's going to um, be a roller coaster ride. But yeah, no, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'd put money into it right now. And I wouldn't put a lot into it right now. That's for darn sure. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, you know, you bring up how I, I'm into uh, the cryptocurrencies. Oh. If you are, are also holding Dogecoin, hell, even Bitcoin, I wouldn't be looking today either. Uh, I, at one point, I think today it was looking like it was going to dip below 17 cents a coin. And uh, re I'll remind you, this, this is a coin that was up to about 74 cents within, I don't know, a month and a half ago. And uh, But, you know, we're still on the up and up because we bought in at 12 cents a long time ago. But the, uh, the returns are really, really diminishing fast. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, let's see. The, the Fox News uh, business reports that uh, the market suffered among the steepest single-day declines of the year on Monday uh, as the recent rise in COVID-19 infections stoked fears of economic slowdown. Uh, new COVID infections jumped 70% last week uh, to about 30,000 a day as the Delta variant continues to spread. Uh, new deaths uh, rose to an average of 250 a day. And they, they're saying that it's mostly in unvaccinated people. But I did also read a report that in the UK, that of all the COVID-19 cases entering the hospitals, approximately 60% are from vaccinated people. Wait 60, a minute. 60%. I thought the vaccination protected you slightly. What are you talking about? Um, it does. It does. I mean, for what it, it, um, it, um, hold on. I, I'll, I'll think of it. <laughs> I don't know. Protection from crickets. Okay. Yeah. Pr crickets. Crickets don't come along because, uh, you've been vaccinated. That's, I mean, just ask Jeremy. I haven't heard his crickets are actually, he has gay frogs. I don't know if that works on gay yeah. frogs. <laughs> but I, I, I don't know. I, I'm at the point, you know, my, my co, uh, my uh, business uh, partner in uh, one of the shops, she, you know, she, she's recently been diagnosed with COVID-19. She's now testing negative, but she was all about, oh, well, I'm going to race out and get the vaccination as soon as I can. And I'm thinking to myself and, you know, I, I'm a little polite to her because, you know, of what she's going through. She says she's about 60 percent better. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, OK, number one, you have antibodies. Why the hell would you go get the vaccination now? Number yep. two. Why would you go out, run out and get a vaccination that you have no idea what the long-term effect is going to be on your body, especially when there are plenty of cases being reported of vaccinated people contracting COVID-19? So my next question is, is it about that time to where these pharmaceutical companies are like, uh, okay, back to the drawing board. It's time to conjure up a, a new vaccine. Because obviously this is not working on the new strain. Well, and you know, has 
I don't know if we've ever brought it up, but Honeybee and I were speaking and she brought up a good point. If this is so safe, how come doctors aren't administering it? And then we, I think she kind of came to the realization or brought it up that perhaps it's because it's not approved. It's just approved for federal emergency. So if anything or when anything would go wrong, the doctors can't be held liable. You know, FDA approval. Right. Yeah, I, I was reading online, and like I said, it's online, so I believe half of what I read. Um, but they are saying it explicitly says that the vaccine is not FDA approved. And basically letting you know that you're not going to be able to sue the FDA, the government, the doctors, the hospital, or anything. But I mean, there hasn't been any doctors that I've heard of or seen that are giving it. It's all the clinic, Walgreens, Publix, or door-to-door now in, you know, in some states. So, yeah, so it's mostly like uh, the staff of the doctor, basically. Yeah, it's it's just, it's too weird. Too weird. But do you think that's going to be happening, though, uh, as far as, hey, uh, people with the vaccine are already contracting this new strain. We need to conjure up a new vaccine, quote-unquote, vaccination. I don't know that they're conjuring a, oh, a new vaccination. I thought you were talking about... Uh, well, yeah, uh, I mean, disease, if, if, if the if the shot is not working on the new strain, um, people are going to need to go get an, a new shot. Oh, I think I, they'll do that. I've, I've already thought they're going to do something because the, it was, I guess, a couple of weeks ago, I saw where Pfizer and Moderna are now um, really upset and shaken because their vaccines, haha, I just hate calling them that, the shot is lasting longer than what they thought. And they were looking for a six months reload, basically, you know, for the finances. And now they're saying, yeah, this might go on for two years before they would need a booster. So we're going to be losing a lot of money. Mm. Well, therefore, you know? it, therefore, it'd be great to have a new variant, right? That's it, immune to a shot. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the whole thing. I, you know, I do believe there's legitimacy to it. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. Hell, honeybee and I caught it. I know it's real. Mm-hmm. But as far as how it's being, I don't want to say distributed, handled and, uh, I just, I question a lot of things. And now I saw something where Biden's administration is kind of leaning toward, yeah, maybe this was man-made when they've all along been saying that everybody was wrong and, you know, Trump was uh, trying to start conspiracy theories and everything else. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that kind of plays in the part to where how people were saying that it was man-made and, you know, Joe Biden last week saying how, you know, Facebook is killing people because there are a lot of people to say that it was man-made um, right. kind of for that. And and now today, you know, uh, looks like Joe Biden is pulling a a, a hacky sack, yeah, walking back his statement of saying Facebook isn't killing people. Uh, President Biden on today <laughs> had walked back statements it made about Facebook last week with that the social media company is quote killing people by allowing the spread of alleged misinformation. He said, quote, Facebook isn't killing people. These 12 people are out there giving misinformation. That's what Biden told reporters during an event referencing a study that made claims that a dozen accounts on Facebook are the main ones that promote alleged COVID-19 misinformation. And he also said that, quote, anyone listening to it is getting hurt by it. It's killing people. It's bad information. So maybe he forgot he said that uh, Facebook is killing people. I don't think anything. Words are not killing people, Joe. Uh, I think the fact that you, your administration, your health clinicians, and everybody else saying that it's completely safe, that's killing people. That's for sure. Well, you want to talk about words killing people. Look at the words his administration has used that has caused things to happen, that has caused 
peaceful uh, riots, protests to go on. I mean, you know, if you want to talk about words killing people, Joe, go back and look at what you guys have done since you got in office. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, I was laughing at Das. Das in chat says, since I don't have Facebook, I rely on podcast <laughs> information. <laughs> How's that working for you, Doc? Dose. Actually, he said one time it was Dose, not Das. That's we true. keep saying it wrong. Oh, it's dose. Okay, like dose Aki's. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I should know in today's relevant uh, society that it should be the Spanish word of dose. So sorry about that, dose. But yes. Um. So, anyways, he's walking that back. A uh, little thing that I found over the weekend, which was quite interesting, uh, having to do with the uh, election of last year. That was, you know, as we well know, a fraudulent election. No. A, yeah. Yeah. Well, apparently there was a there's a former United States Attorney General from the District of Pennsylvania, William McSwain, <laughs> and he sent uh, the former President Trump a letter on June 9th of this year. And I will go ahead and bring it up. I'll enlarge it for you folks over on uh, I don't know over on the D Live, and uh, you guys can take a look at it as well. And it says, Dear President Trump, it was my great honor to serve as U.S. Attorney General for the Eastern District of Pennsylvania in your administration. You asked me to prioritize public safety, and that is exactly what I did. While Larry Krasner, the radical leftist Philadelphia District Attorney, was letting violent criminals go and refusing to prosecute rioters, looters, and arsonists, our office was putting him in jail and standing up for law-abiding citizens. In the spring of 2020, I prosecuted and won an election fraud case against a judge of elections in South Philadelphia who was stuffing the ballot box. I, was also, I also charged the political consultant, a former Democratic congressman who was paying bribes to the, the judge to stuff the box. President Trump, you were right to be upset about the way the Democrats ran the 2020 election in Pennsylvania. It was a partisan disgrace. The governor, the secretary of Commonwealth, and the partisan state Supreme Court made up their own rules and did not follow the law. Even worse, the state attorney general, Josh Shapiro, the very person responsible for the enforcement of the state election law, declared days before the election day that you could not win the election. It would be hard to imagine a more irresponsible statement by a law enforcement officer, especially during a hotly contested election. In light of such statements, it is hardly surprising that many Pennsylvanians lack faith in our state's election results. On election day and afterwards, our office received various allegations of voter fraud and election irregularities. As part of my responsibilities as U.S. attorney, I wanted to be transparent with the public and, of course, investigate fully any allegations. Attorney General Barr, however, instructed me not to make any public statements or put out any press release releases regarding possible election irregularities. I was also given a direction to pass along serious allegations to the state attorney general for investigation, the same state attorney general who had already declared that you could not win. I disagreed with that decision, but those were my orders. As a Marine infantry officer, I was trained to follow the chain of command and to respect the orders of my superior, even when I disagreed with them. And, uh, Basically, he goes on to saying how he's going to be running for Congress and he would be greatly honored, basically, for an endorsement. Um, I mean, I, don't, I think this speaks volumes. I think uh, 
I, in all honesty, I think that uh, Mr. William Bard uh, has uh, some, I think he has some, I think we should hear about what he has to say about that. I mean, from what I, from what I've just read, sounds like the Mr. Bard knew that election fraud was going to happen and ordered other people, hey, keep your fucking mouth shut. I I don't I I mean when when you when you read letters like this and you want the American people to really think and have faith in our election processes I mean that right this right here even just adds on to all of the questionable actions that occurred over the past year uh, in regards to the election and I think. Uh, Attorney General, our former Attorney General Byer, has uh, some accountability he needs to deal with. So I thought uh, that was very surprising. I thought I'd share that with you, but uh, I don't know. Is that uh, surprising to anybody else? Uh, one in the chat, if you think uh, Mr. Byer has some, uh, he needs to uh, be called in to respond to this. And uh, should he be held accountable for telling other U.S. attorneys to keep their damn mouth shut? One, uh, one for him to be held accountable for his actions. Two, if you think, eh, whatever, it's over. Get along with life. Looks like a lot of the ones have it so far. And uh, if you if you really think that uh, it's something that's just like, oh, just brush under the rug. Love to hear from you. Anyways, um, we already went through that. We went through that. Uh, Pertwee, you uh, went ahead and messaged me. You sent me an article about how I wish I had a sound effect, but uh, you know, uh, apparently people in North Carolina have already uh, <laughs> having people knock at their doors. Yeah, um, Isn't that crazy. I, that that is that is really ridiculous. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I don't even like the Jehovah Witnesses knocking at my door, <laughs> <laughs> let alone the fucking government. Well, they're both trying to save you from a from a painful death, according to them. So I don't know. Oh my god, I don't know. I it's I don't. Anyways, um, where did that article go? There it is. Anyways, uh, the health department workers and community outreach. That's what they're calling community outreach. It sounds so pleasant, doesn't it? Oh yes, they make it attractive because they want to. They care about you. They they want to make sure you're vaccinated. Get the jab. Anyways, they've kicked off a quote doses to don't uh, doses to doors. That's uh, that's the campaign slogan. Uh, COVID nineteen vaccination campaign in Mecklenburg County, North Carolina. So lock your doors, hide your children, and do anything else if you live over in Mecklenburg County. Just answer uh, the door while you're cleaning your gun. <laughs> right <laughs> there, you go. But then again, they might say, "Oh, you own a gun. We got to take you in." Yeah, <laughs> you got a point. Yeah. Only 49% of the residents there have at least re- have received at least one jab. Uh, the program, which officials say offer a convenient way for residents to get the shot without having to worry about travel, was met, uh, was met with mixed reaction on the Twitter Twitter. Quote, they don't move that fast to help people when they're <laughs> – this is a good one, actually. They don't move that fast to help people when they know, when they know a hurricane is coming. But, uh, you know, for the COVID uh, vaccination, they'll be right at your doorstep and, hell, probably faster than you, your order with Domino's Pizza. Anyways, the program uh, was 
which has a health professional on standby to administer a vaccine to eligible residents who want one, follows a community canvassing effort launched in May. Volunteers have been providing information about vaccines in previous weeks, focusing primarily on the neighborhoods with the lowest vaccine rates. Yeah, Mary, let someone shoot you up at your door. I mean, you know, in California, if they start to do this, I wonder if they'll, you know how like in San Francisco, you can go and, you know, if you want to shoot up heroin, they'll provide you the needle. So I wonder in San Francisco, will they'll be showing up with two needles, one for each, one for the vaccine, one for the heroin. I think we should contact Nancy Pelosi and ask her about that. Might be a good way to, for her to get the drug addicts to take the jab. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, Anyways, uh, nearby South Carolina, Governor Henry McMaster has tried to block such door-to-door efforts, drawing a rebuke from the White House. Quote, the failure to provide accurate health, public health information including the efficacy of vaccines and the accessibility of them to people across the country, including South Carolina, is literally killing people. So maybe they should reconsider that. Um, that's what uh, Hacky Sack had to say on Friday. Not a, uh, no results have been come clear so far. They don't have any results of how many doors they've knocked on and how many shots have been given. But uh, I'm sure we'll get that soon. Uh, the latest update from Mecklenburg includes data through the July 7th, which reported an average of 57 confirmed cases a day. As of July 7th, the health department has administered 77,774 first doses of the vaccine. And uh, 72,000 have gotten second shots. I don't know. If, if, even if you were on board with getting vaccinated, are you necessarily going to accept it from some fucking random person showing up at your door? It's kind of, it's kind of, I don't know. I'm, I'm surprised there hasn't been like people doing that. Under false pretenses, not that that would be a good thing. That would be fucking horrible. But, I mean, it wouldn't put it past me with people in society these days. Mary said, actually, this rumor went around here in the beginning of the year. Supposedly, it had a trailer down the street. Remember, save your lead for something more important. Or your save your lead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I could. I, I'm not all about door to door. Leave people the hell alone. I. I mean, we're, how long? We're, we're in this about a year and a half now, right? People yep. are aware of COVID-19. People that want to get the vaccine, I'm sure, have already traveled to get their vaccinations. I don't think anyone's sitting at home thinking, ah, you know, it's so far to go to get that vaccination. I think I'll just stay home today. Slightly, no, 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 no. Come on now. It's just like the voting, you know? The absentee <laughs> voting is the same thing. You got to make it easy for them. Yeah. If they really want it, they're not going to do it on their own, no matter how bad they want it. So you've got to do it for them. Oh, my goodness. That I mean, uh, I, I would love to see, you know, do you think we're going to have some numbers from these people going door to door? Like actually, actual physical numbers that are true, that are not fake, that will tell us how many people are agreeing to take these shots well. <laughs> at the door. You just uh, negated my answer because I was going to say if they do, I don't think they're going to be accurate. Of course not. You'll probably see things where, you know, they had 500 people vaccinated in this community and there may be 300 people total that live in that community. Right. <laughs> I mean, I don't put it past them. Look at how many votes they got for out of a community. Never mind. We won't go there. Yeah. <laughs> just because there's only 100,000 people that live in that county does not turn your head just because they got 140,000 people vote in that county. It's okay. You got to count that, you know, the 40,000 accounts for all the illegals. That's why. Oh, that's it. Okay. <laughs> and, 
people. Yeah. Don't forget the dead people. Dead people's lives matter too. At least they once did. Mary says, uh, they really, really started pushing this after the Arizona stuff started coming out, taking our minds off the spotlight. Yeah. Well, you know, Mary, uh, this whole CRT and, you know, how racist America is, that's really been the uh, pushed in, in the front of everything to take people's minds off the election. I don't know if anybody realized that or not, but you ever notice how the talking point got off of the presidential election and uh, off of President Trump onto, oh, my God, he's black and look what they've done to him. Yeah. True story. There's always a new story. There's always a new there's always a new talking point and uh, generally stems from Washington, D.C. and moves its way out to the media near you. Anywho, well, like I've heard um, other people put it, there always has to be a boogeyman. Whether it's a person, place, or a thing, there's always got to be a boogeyman. That there does. And uh, there's plenty of boogeymans out there. Speaking of boogeyman, uh, my, my, uh, one of the shows that I enjoyed, the, he came back from by hiatus today. Uh, the Boogie Bumper who was back today. So mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking, uh, staying on track with COVID-19, you know, those uh, piece of crap uh, Democrats uh, in Texas who fled to go to Washington, D.C., you know how the the old saying goes, karma's a bitch. Ain't it, though? (laughs) I'm telling you now, you know, generally I'm respectfully concerned about people and all that. But I mean, these pieces of trash who don't have the cojones there to stay in the state of Texas and, and represent their constituents that put them there in office to be their voice, who basically cried to tears because they were going to lose a vote. So, you know, they, they took off to Washington, D.C. to meet with Kamala Harris. And basically, I don't know, maybe they just had, got a, uh, I don't know, big, uh, what's, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you know. Cojones? Uh, they they just went to have a good, big old kumbaya, I guess. Oh, oh. yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. But uh, and you know these uh, Democrats, they they didn't feel the need to put any masks on or anything like that. And uh, apparently, like five of them uh, immediately got COVID nineteen uh, while traveling there. Now, which is kind of mind boggling because I understand from what I have read, I understand that it was a chartered flight. Okay, but e- even so. I think there's FAA regulations, regardless if, if it's a private charter or not, that everyone needs to be having masks on. Now, I don't have the, you know, the, it in black and white in front of me. So regardless of that, these, uh, these fine folks uh, contracted COVID-19 on their way to Washington. And apparently uh, this morning, uh, there's two additional uh, people that uh, represent that have got COVID and uh, another two members. Uh, of the Texas Democratic Party delegation of lawmakers who flew to Washington in response to a Republican overhaul of the election laws have tested positive, officials said on uh, yesterday on the 18th. Uh, of the more than 50 lawmakers who fled to Texas, a total of five have tested positive, the disease called by the CCP virus, of course. All members had been fully vaccinated against the virus, and uh, that's what the Texas Democrat caucus said in a statement. The caucus said that, quote, all of the HDC members who tested positive are feeling good with no symptoms or only mild symptoms. The statement didn't name which members had tested positive yet. However, Texas State Representative Trey Martinez Fisher confirmed on the evening of July 18th that he had tested positive earlier that day. Quote, I will be teleworking with my colleagues, staff, partners, and allies. We're planning more good trouble and hope to make announcements soon. Fisher said in the statement, democracy is in jeopardy, and we will not be stopped in our fight to protect it. You know, 
Mr. Fisher should really analyze his statement because I am in agreement 100% when he says that democracy is in jeopardy. Democracy is in jeopardy for the plain fact that you don't want to tighten up election laws. You don't want to make it to where people have to provide their identification. Hell, if you had it your way, you'd probably let fucking people vote the entire year prior to the election. But I'll digress. I, I think, uh, you know, but who I think is their boss in D.C. slightly. Who would they have to report to? I don't know. I mean, they all they all went to go suck on the teat of uh, Kamala Harris, apparently. Well, why I'm wondering is because whoever it is should have been telling them, you need to get your butts back, vote, win, lose, draw, like your constituents elected you to do, mm-hmm. knock this off, and be an elected representative like you're supposed to be. The other thing is the Texas governor, governor said they would be arrested when they landed for dereliction of duty or however they worded it. Well, that never happened either. It's just empty promises from both sides. It's it's depressing. Well, I disappointing. Did, I did hear though that there are arrest warrants out for them. Oh now, well, good. I hope they deliver them. Whether or not they you know uh, proceed and and do what they say and aren't talking out their ass, um, I think it would be, be it would be very disrespectful for them not to follow through with this. Um, I hope they don't send a social worker to do it. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's only happening in the city of Chicago, remember? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's only in Chicago when you dial 911. They're not sending any police officers. They just send their uh, county mental health representatives to the scene. Um, But yeah, uh, it's a disgrace. It's uh, it's a disgrace on one end for the Democrats not staying in the state of uh, Texas to basically proceed with a a vote. Uh, You know, these people, whether they're on the left or the right, you, you can't always have it your way. And there's a reason why we have elections to fill positions that you're in to represent the people where you live. So obviously, there's more people on the right hand of the things that want things done a certain way. So if you need a, a crying towel, maybe fly to Pittsburgh, you know, pick up one of those uh, terrible towels that they love to use to uh, shed their tears when their team doesn't make the playoffs every year and use that. Otherwise, there's no reason to leave the state of Texas just to go bitch and complain to Kamala Harris. Now, in saying that, apparently Kamala Harris immediately went to uh, the hospital just to get her test done, even though, you know, all of the uh, spokespeople for her saying, oh, that was just a routine, regular visit. I'm not buying that. (laughs) No, I think she was scared shitless, to be honest with you. But uh, according to them, that... uh, your, your vice president of the United States uh, is free and clear of the COVID-19 right now. So you can be rest assured of that. Anyways, we're going to take a quick timeout. First break of the night, first break of the week. Enjoy it. Thanks for joining us tonight on the Slightly Serious Show on a Monday. You've been listening to the Slightly Serious Podcast. If you haven't laughed, been offended, or engaged, then turn up the damn volume. Be sure to follow and catch us weeknights at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. All right. Welcome back. Uh, for those of you on DLive, now's the time to go over to DLive. Check, uh, check it out. We're going to play a video. Um, it's not a happy video yet. We don't have the happy video currently you know, on the uh, screens. But head over to DLive. I'm going to show you what happened to a New York City police officer a few days ago. And it's, it's disturbing. I will say that. Um, and... But, you know, this is the type of crap that 
is currently, uh, I guess, acceptable to, you know, the left, the BLM folks and all that. But um, this is a body cam vid- uh, footage. Uh, there is no audio to this, but uh, basically, and I'll play it a couple times for you guys. And we'll probably need to work on this video because you cannot see the important part of it. But uh, basically, they had stopped this gentleman uh, to question him. And uh, it's the result of the interrogation, which only lasted like 20 minutes before his actions occurred. And then he basically took off running. Uh, So I'm going to move that over here. And that way you can see him a little bit better. And surprisingly enough, his uh, his face was not blurred out, which kudos to whoever did that. So we'll start from the beginning here, and uh, there you go. So for those of you not watching, basically they're questioning him, and the body cam footage uh, shows him in a, uh, I don't know, what is the, what is the tie-dye shirt, right? A short-sleeved tie-dye shirt. And right there, they zoom on a bottle that you really can't see in his right hand. Apparently, he had it in his pocket of his shorts. And it's a glass bottle. And this thug, as he's talking to police, brings it out in his right hand and just fucking right over the head of the police officer. A glass bottle. And uh, then started running away. They did capture the guy. And uh, it's it's just a very sickening thing. And it was... uh, Give you the article that goes along with that and here very shortly. And that way you can get uh, a little bit of more information on who this guy is and what he was all about. And uh, basically, uh, NYPD officer hit over the head with a glass bottle. Suspect has had two arrests over alleged cop assaults in uh, previous 27-year-old man with uh, a pair of arrests on charges of assaulting police officers was caught on video Sunday at Sunday uh, attacking an officer uh, with a glass bottle. Uh, NYPD officer w- was on a Brooklyn street corner around 4.50 a.m. to address, quote, community concerns when they encountered Tyshawn Holloway, a Hackensack, New Jersey resident. According to police body camera footage with no audio, Holloway walked up to the officer and the pair conversed for several seconds before the unprovoked attack, authorities said. During the brief conversation, Holloway appears to try and hit the officer with a glass bottle before taking off on foot. Other officers chased him down and he was arrested. The unidentified officer sustained a laceration to his neck and head, which required stitches and staples. Holloway was charged with assault, menacing resisting arrest, obstructing governmental administration, and a criminal charge, uh, criminal possession of a weapon. And authorities have told Fox News he was arrested twice in 2016 for assaulting police officers. Assaults on NYPD officers are up this year, the department has said. Uh, As of July 11th, there are 110 assaults on officers compared to 100 in the same time frame last year. Um. Let's see. Uh, Like I said, he's uh, assaulted cops twice before, yet here he is walking the streets, endangering not only these police officers, but the entire community. Our justice and mental health systems are dangerously broken. That's what the New York Police Department Union had to say about that. But uh, very, very disturbing. Um, Like I said, nobody, especially people that are in your communities trying to protect your, your neighborhoods, deserves that type of 
it's just, it's just isn't it sickening. I mean, are we uh, fed up with this crap? I mean, it's amazing to me how people continue to want to bash law enforcement officers. Um, it's, I don't know. It's crazy. Anywho, moving on. If you want to go to Canada, you can uh, sure as hell do that here soon. Uh, if you're an American citizen, as long as you have a vaccination, uh, apparently Canada will reopen its borders to fully vaccinated Americans starting next month. So if you're uh, tired of the capitalistic society of uh, the United States and uh, want to go fetch you some communism, uh, some <laughs> head on up north to uh, Canada. Uh, anyways, uh, I have no plans on doing so, but you're more than welcome to. And please, by by all means, take take all of these thugs with you, please, because there's no no need for them to be here in society. I mean, maybe see see if the law enforcement up in Canada tolerate that kind of shit. Because I mean, I, and tell them to take their flags with them too. We we don't need their flags. Anywho, uh, but. Oh, I have a good one for you. This is this is one I uh, wanted to show you guys last week, and I didn't have a chance to. And uh, basically, if if you've ever tried to make a pizza, Pert, uh, Eric, you ever try to make your own pizzas? Yes. I think I have, uh, but it's been quite a while. But I'm used to either the store bought pizza or or are getting it from like either Little Caesar, Pizza Hut, Papa John's, Domino's. Okay. Well, you know, and Pert, have you, what about you and Honeybee? Do you guys ever uh, make your own pizzas? Yep. Yeah, we cheated, bought the pre-made dough, but yeah, we made some and it wasn't too bad. All right. Well, in case you ever burn your pizza, I have a video just for you. That's uh, when it's the Deepak. best. Yes. Well, if you don't like the burnt taste, this guy's got the perfect solution. Oh, hold on. I got it. Unbelievable. It'd be nice if uh, the producer here in studio would get shit put together, you know, before... Uh, if we come live. All right. Let's try this again. Um, okay. Let's try this again. Um, I think I think we should be good to go. Fingers crossed, folks. Stars make you drool just like a bus trip. <laughs> Did they burn the pizza or something? Yeah, but look at it. It looks nice now. I mean, look how, how look oh how all goodness. the burn I mean, how. How, That's how, a little too burnt for me, yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. Um, I, I think Eric? I'll pass on that pizza. I think I'll how take are, the salad. How are you and Eric getting video so far in advance? Because we're like 10 or 12 yeah, seconds behind. Are you there? Yeah, I was saying, how are you and Eric? Well, I know how you are. How's Eric getting a video so fast? Because it's about 12 seconds behind on oh, D-Live. Oh, goodness. Really? Um, yeah, I'm on D-Live and I'm... I'm monitoring even Facebook and Twitch too on my okay. tablet, but talking on Podbean on my phone. I don't know. I I just thought it was perfect to kind of uh, you know. I mean, and at the end, well, Jess, um, Jess is right. It looks beautiful in yeah. the end. It's a good save. It's not bad. It's pretty yeah. good. Well, but you know, speaking of pizzas, uh, that's oftentimes served at birthdays. And speaking of birthdays, happy birthday to our good friend Jeremy from Cummings' Culture. Oh, happy damn birthday. Mr. Jeremy, I had no idea. Unbelievable. 
Um, Dina Joe and the old man remembered it this morning. Oh, well, I'll have to definitely reach out to um, Dude Sean will have a birthday on Wednesday, and then next week it's our good friend Lady Me's birthday, so we know that she better show up here at the Slightly Serious Show or else. That's right. Uh, well, it- because um, if, if she if she doesn't show up, it would be like, hey, everybody, it's time for the beating. <laughs> <laughs> But she knows we're joking. Oh, she deserves a beating regardless because she was back in San Diego and she still has yet to bring donuts to Slightly. So, yeah, that goes out. And if anybody sees Lady Me, make sure you uh, go ahead and give that lashing to her. She, she's she's well deserving of it, of course. Well, welcome back there, Pert. So, anyways, yeah, that was uh, one of the videos I had seen. And then, uh, Pert, you had sent me one this this afternoon. And uh, you lost sound. Do you have sound now? I, I it's back now, but I had to go out and come okay. back in. Well, you know, it's Sorry. okay. It's uh, our good friends at Podbean. Well, here we have uh, a video that you had uh, sent over to us, and basically, looks like I, I want to say it's a kid. It looks like a kid, basically getting the the shit beat out of him by you know five, oh, five yeah. or six other people. <laughs> And uh, in to come to save the day, you know, if 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 one if one thought man's best friend was only a dog, you might want to consider owning an ox. Because check out what happened with this guy. That's yeah. Wild. There's like uh, four people like beating this kid with like sticks and shit, and up here comes the savior of the day, and the kids are like terrified. The ox comes in, and then I guess over on the left hand side of the video, you <laughs> see this one guy. Continue and like ox is like yeah get the hell away. That was pretty cool. I didn't know oxes were that smart. Anybody have an ox for a pet? You might consider getting one. I don't know. I don't have enough room here. If if you if you checked out uh, the big sexy's uh, social media over on uh, the tick tick of the talk or Instagram, you'll notice we had a visitor. I think it was Thursday or Friday night, and it was a miniature pig. Oh, never own a fucking pig, no matter the size of it. Now, this thing. How did it taste? <laughs> you haven't gotten a chance yet, but. <laughs> but uh, this thing was like, I don't know, three pounds, maybe. And I guess it's one of those miniature, I don't know, pigs to where it only gets to 20 or 30 pounds. So the reason it ever exists, I have no idea because it doesn't make that much bacon. So I don't know why you would have pigs that, you know, aren't for bacon. But anyways. This thing, I mean, I thought that big sexy squeals, oh my God, if you need an alarm clock <laughs> and you never wake up from an alarm clock, buy yourself a miniature pig because those fucking things squeal. You could probably hear, you know, probably could probably hear all the way in Florida from here. That's well, how the other happens. sound they make is sizzle, sizzle when you're frying their ass. <laughs> that, that is the sound that we like. That we approve of that. Mm, now, now I don't know. Are our listeners more bacon fans or sausage fans? See, Big Sexy likes his bacon, bacon well done, almost to where it's burnt. But Just Duck likes both. Yeah. Mike says bacon. One for bacon, two for sausage. Anybody like sausage? No, I don't think we have a lot of sausage people. <laughs> yeah, I don't um, sausage is okay Speaking with me. Of sausage, um, uh, but I like bacon. speaking of sausage, um, this past weekend was Gay Pride weekend over in Hillcrest here in San Diego. So they got uh, you know a festival. I don't know. I I like to joke around a lot, and so I always call it like it's like an STD festival. But <laughs> anyways, no, it's probably politically incorrect. I'm sorry, but 
I like to joke around. Browlers, there you go. Browlers is good. Sausage gravy. No. Yeah, I know you're you're offended, Mike. That's why you come in here to be offended. I, I know. Are you are you buying time for that video, or is it just not going to play for you? I'm just curious. The video? What video? The ox video. It never played. Yeah, it did. You guys never saw the ox? Nope. Unbelievable. I don't think I don't remember seeing it either, unless I was away from the tablet. Unbelievable. Um, and here's something like like similar to bacon that um, we here in the southeast United States. You know, like to eat, but if, if it wasn't too salty for my taste, I would probably eat it regularly. It's called Strickaline. Never heard of that. All right. Well, the video should be playing here shortly again. We'll play it again for those of you that uh, missed it or maybe never saw it in the first place. That, that would be all of us slightly. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I really, there, there we go. go. That's yeah. a smart ox, right? I mean, oh, gosh, that's, yes. that's amazing. And uh, good for the kid owning an ox. And I, I think the ox has done a, you know, a dog wouldn't have done such a great job unless it was a pit bull. A pit bull can spare the, scare the hell out of people. Well, and notice he doesn't just run them off. He stays there and keeps them back. Oh, off. yeah. He's, he stays there. He, he kind of makes a circle around him to make sure that nobody messes with him. And uh, he's looking around for people trying to screw with him, like acts like he's going to go after him. So I have never seen that from an ox, a cow, or you know, anything of that sort in the animal kingdom. That, that was amazing. That was uh, absolutely amazing. And uh, appreciate you sending that to me. And if you guys, uh, anybody else out there has uh, videos or anything like that, they don't have to be serious. They could be fun. Uh, whatever it is that uh, your, your taste is, uh, even if it's like a burnt pizza that a guy is sanding off so it's not burnt, <laughs> we'll play it for you. Um, there was one other one. Oh, I know where it's at. So the Olympics are coming, uh, very shortly. Uh, the, uh, mm-hmm. an American gymnast who has, uh, been, uh, diagnosed as having COVID-19, uh, she's an alternate on the gymnastics squad. And, uh, so there's a lot of fear going on amongst, uh, the athletes as far as COVID-19, but the, the games will go on from what I understand. And, uh, and don't expect any spectators in the audience. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. They're not going to let anybody watch? <laughs> um, apparent, apparently not, unless they copy you know, Major League Baseball by putting cutouts of people in the audience to make, make it look realistic or, or, put, or put like um, LED monitors there to like hook to like Zoom to make it look, look like they're there in person. But it's actually people watching through the Zoom app. That's what I was going to say. They'd be doing better to do it like WWE does the wrestling like Cummings was talking about one night. Well, if that's the case, why, why even make the, the, the athletes travel, right? Why wouldn't you mm-hmm. if, you know, say like the 100-meter dash? Just have like Olympic committee members in each country be at a local track and they can just time it and see. There you go. It. That would be a good idea. Yeah. Right be on the Olympic board, the Olympic committee. Well, I'm I'm too I'm probably too white for that. I, they might not allow that. <laughs> well, but I have, I have well, but I think the ratings are gonna go go, go and go down the shitter on the the Olympics. That that's the way I'm seeing it. I don't know. I I don't plan on watching it for a variety of reasons. Um, Me neither. I, I would be interested to see if uh, you know. I'm sure we'll get a gathering. We'll get plenty of images of all of the. Uh, wonderful people that want to 
you know, kneel or do whatever the hell it is that they anticipate doing uh, to be, you know, continue on with their social justice type stuff. But I do have, there mm-hmm. is, uh, I do have a couple happy points for the athletes, at least heading to Japan for the Olympics. Apparently, uh, there was word saying that the Olympic Committee or the people in Japan, they're very concerned because they don't want the athletes to be sleeping with each other because of COVID-19, apparently. So the rumor was is that they were going to build their beds out of cardboard boxes. What? Yeah, I'm not. I'm, what? I haven't heard yeah. that. That is hilarious. I'm telling you, I'm, you, you. I mean, that's why you all tune into the show every night. You get, you get stuff here that you normally won't get on your mainstream media outlets. I swear. Well, hell, they should have held the Olympics in San Francisco then if they wanted to have cardboard boxes for beds. I mean, <laughs> those are being currently used by all the homelessness. Uh, we can't take away. It's bad, it's bad oh, okay. enough we got rid of their cots at a convention center. We, get, we can't take away the cardboard boxes. Damn. Yeah, that, that's, that's just unethical. Anyways, I was delighted to come upon this guy. Uh, his name is Rice. Reese or Rice McClanahan. And he put this up on Twitter. And uh, basically, he wanted to debunk how the beds are, are not going to be cardboard boxes because, you know, in case he wants to get uh, a little freaky, he wants to demonstrate to you that uh, you can do so. So I hope, uh, Jess Doc, this is for you. Uh, you know, and uh, producer Eric, maybe uh, you're liking as well, but uh, we'll go ahead and uh, show it. In today's episode of Fake News at the Olympic Games, the beds are meant to be anti-sex. They're made out of cardboard, yes, but apparently they're meant to break at any sudden movements. It's fake. Fake news. Fake. In today's episode of Fake News. He says fake, not uh, not thick news. Fake. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I could tell by the accent. But, you know, and uh, yeah, apparently they're, they're what they're calling quote-unquote anti-sex beds and uh apparently i was misspoken apparently the bed still is made of cardboard but uh for those of you that enjoy the video i'm going to play it one more time because you know i i can play it over and over all day fake news at the olympic games the beds are meant to be anti-sex they're made out of cardboard yes but apparently they're meant to break at any sudden movements it's fake fake news Mm -hmm. in today's episode um, i'll uh get on to that a little bit long uh maybe we'll show it to you guys again a little bit later but um i'm having heart palpitations because mm-hmm. god forbid him fall and hurt himself while he's having sex um well or 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 would anybody prefer to sleep on a bed made out of bricks well, well yeah I'll, the whole thing I'll, I'll sleep on the cardboard uh, boxes with him <laughs> has, has nobody <laughs> ever had sex on the floor or on the ground outside come uh, on that's that's a joke. That bed is Eric. It, it can be whatever you want it to be. If it's cardboard, if it's rocks, whatever. Just sign me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I'll, in addition to that, um, or I'll just sleep on the big comfy couch. Oh, there you go. I don't think they have couches there in the uh, Olympic. Uh, you know. I know, so, right? But you know, the uh, one thing I do want to also point out is that the Olympic Committee is handing out over one hundred twenty thousand condoms to the. Uh, to the athletes this year as well. So well, that's kind of conflicting <laughs> messages right there, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I just report the news. I mean, Here, here's a condom for your no sex bed. <laughs> oh my God. 
I don't know. I the world has gone mad. They're, they're reporting that the, what the uh, Japanese officials are saying is they're giving it to the athletes so they when they go back home to their countries they can promote safe sex and spread the word about HIV and uh, you know AIDS and such. Yeah, they're giving it to their athletes. Yeah. All right. Oh, Lady Me just joined in. Lady Me, are you over on uh, D Live? I have a video you'd probably in, really enjoy, knowing you. <laughs> Anyways, if you go to D Live, let me know. I'll play it for you again. So anyways, that's what's going on over in Japan. Um, and then I also wanted to read you guys a, uh, a viewpoint. Uh, this comes from... Okay, let me know if you go over there. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, replay the video without audio while I go over this, uh, this opinion. And uh, the opinion is... The headline is, The Chinese regime and the Black Lives Matter movement have very similar agendas. Last week, uh, this is a commentary, uh, our opinion piece by John McGillian. Last week, Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation, the corporation behind Black Lives Matter movement, issued a rather interesting statement. The corporation's members stood in solidarity with the people of Cuba. The U U.S. federal government's inhumane treatments of Cubans, unquote, was unacceptable. Not finished there, BLM appealed to the Biden administration to lift the embargo as it only serves to undermine the, quote, Cubans' right to choose their own government. Where, there, where some saw a passionate statement of solidarity, others saw opportunists looking to exploit a situation and steal some of the spotlight. The author, Jorge Felipe Gonzalez, appears to fall into the latter category. In a piece for The Atlantic, aptly titled, quote, Black Lives Matter misses the point about Cuba. Gonzalez writes, quote, Cuba is not an empty canvas onto which calculating cynical actors, quote, can project their political ideas. Furthermore, it's, quote, not a utopian vehicle to advance some of the fantasy of socialist equality, nor is it, quote, a pawn for opportunistic political debates. The BLM movement, whose members have also voiced support for the Cuban regime, would do well to keep with the BLM statement as well as Gonzalez's statements. I was reminded of the Chinese Communist Party's many statements on the recent condo collapse in Miami, Florida. Few countries, according to the journalists Rebecca Tan, Lyric Lee, and Alicia Chen, quote, have followed the condo collapse quote as closely as China. The trio document the ways in which. Quote, state-run news agencies have provided wall-to-wall -wall coverage of the collapse halfway across the world with the daily updates on the death toll and multiple editorials deriding the U.S. government's, quote, sluggish response. Ironically, as the CCP's various mouthpieces were busy mocking the tragedy in Miami, a catastrophic hotel collapse occurred in Suzhou, Jiangsu province. Irony, however, is not something that the CCP appears to be familiar with. The same is true of the BLM movement, whose tone-deaf messaging is as ironic as it is farcical. We will defeat racism by being explicitly racist. Black lives matter, but only the lives of those black people that agree with everything the movement stands for. I could go on, but you get the message. The similarities between the CCP and the BLM movement don't end there. Both promote absolutist ideologies. To disagree is to open oneself up to a world of violence and pain. In the case of CCP, just ask Jack Ma. 
In the case of BLM, just ask anyone living in Portland, a city that has been absolutely decimated by the so-called, quote, peaceful movement. With the, PC, with the CCP and BLM, the threat of violence is used as a weapon of coercion. And if threats fail to work, then actual violence is used. Last year at a, quote, peaceful protest in Kenosha, an elderly man who had the audacity to, to protect his home from angry BLM mob had his jaw broken. Furthermore, the BLM movement and the CCP fetishized the idea of communism. BLM fetishized BLM's fetishization of communism is particularly amusing, especially when one realizes the group's co-founder, Patrice Cullors, is the owner of multi-million dollar properties. Communism has never looked so lavish. Oh, and to add, these homes are situated predominantly in white neighborhoods. The hypocrisy is astounding. Another similarity includes the desire to rewrite history. Take the 1619 Project, for example, a fact free initiative with intimate links to BLM. The heavily criticized project is the brainchild of Nicole Hannah-Jones, a journalist who has attempted to, quote, reframe the country's history. One doesn't need, one needn't possess a PhD in a formal semantics to understand what is meant by the word, quote, reframe. Meanwhile, in Beijing, Xi Jinping and the CCP have, for many years, actively attempted to, quote, reframe history. In 2014, for example, Xi repeatedly urged historians to explore the CCP's role in World War II, with a specific emphasis on the ways in which Chinese forces helped defeat the Japanese. In other words, the CCP asked the country's people to quite literally suspend belief and agree to altering the altering of reality. And uh, the last uh, paragraph goes, uh, control language and you control the masses. The revision of history is intimately linked with language. Both BLM movement and CCP excel at di- dictating what gets to, who gets to say what. In 2018, as Vox reported, a matter of days after announcing, quote, that presidential term limits could be abolished, opening the door for President Xi Jinping to continue his rule indefinitely, the Chinese regime introduced an extensive list of newly banned words. These included terms like, quote, my emperor and, quote, lifelong control, references to George Orwell's dystopian novels, quote, Animal Farm and 1984 were also banned. The same year, the CCP banned Winnie the Pooh after the movie, uh, after movie after comparisons were made between the character and G, a dictator for life. Meanwhile, BLM has its own list of acceptable language from microaggression to intersectionality. Colorism to performative activism, the movement in many ways has become a master of self-parody. Its members demand to be taken seriously, yet they employ gobbledygook as means of communicating with the masses. Nevertheless, there is nothing funny about brutal bullies and sinister agendas. The CCP and BLM movement, more alike than one might imagine, are jam-packed with both. I thought that was a really good uh, op-ed, and uh, I'll let you guys decide what you guys think, but uh, the comparisons are, gosh, they're uh, very, very similar in my opinion, but uh, just wanted to share that with you. Um, Lady Me, um, have, are you over on the DLive yet? I'll, have, I'll just send it to you privately, I guess. I don't know. 
Anywho, um, producer Eric, any uh, anything? I, I know you had come up with uh, the uh, executive producer for the CBS Evening News is uh, taken away. All right, he's quit. And then, and then, uh, and then, of course, uh, there was also another story today that Fox News like personality Steve Ducey, who um, isn't a doctor, um, is ur- urging unvaccinated people to get the vaccine. Which his co-host Brian Kilmeade, um, you know, are you know, like he strongly disagrees with. And then you even had a doctor go on CNN uh, opposite like Fox and friends or urging people to get vaccinated too. And that um, doctor was telling uh, people uh, that watching CNN that Fox news is killing people. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, and then of course, um, and then even like, you know, and I know we, you know, touched on a little bit on this last week, but you know, it's pretty, it's, it, I find it pretty damn remarkable that, um, you know, R- Rupert Murdoch, um, you know, hates Trump, but, but loves the m- money he's, um, that Trump is making for that network, which I mean, if you hate, if, I mean, if they, if he hates Donald Trump so much, why is he, you know, why does he insist on continuing to swoon over Donald Trump? Like, like he's in love with them. Well, you know, Murdoch. Yeah. I, I, I believe a hundred percent about Murdoch saying that he hates Trump, but he loves Trump. It's a love hate relationship. And I think not only, uh, Rupert Murdoch, but I think that goes for all of the mainstream networks. Uh, they love him because it makes them shit tons of cash from advertisers. Uh, now that he's out of office, I mean, you know, they were in, in the article about, uh, the executive producer of CBS leaving, um, you know, it in there it says that most Americans are turning off the TV, and uh, not is mm-hmm. uh, the CBS Evening News uh, the ratings down for that, but even Lester Holt and uh, David Muir's program on ABC, uh, the ratings continue to decline. And so, you know, as far as uh, the executive producer for CBS Evening News, I mean, I, I read the entire article. Uh, you know, apparently. Before mm-hmm. she took over, uh, the TV, you know, CBS got rid of a couple, uh, a couple of their people in charge of the news division. Uh, allegedly, they were bullying females and blocking, trying to block efforts mm. of uh, bringing on black journalists. Yeah, and uh, I, yeah, and I know the most notable, like from three years ago, was when Les Moonves, you know, got fired from CBS and. Um, and, and and Julie Chen, you know, who is married to Les Moonves, I mean, continues to this day to stand by her man. Yeah, uh, it's. Uh, but I, what 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 do you? Th- why do you think that the executive producer is leaving? Do you think shit's about to hit the fan, so they're taking an early exit? I mean, it it it, se- it seems pretty apparent. Um, you know, especially if they're they're already seeing the the handwriting on the wall and. And then even MSNBC personality Casey Hunt decided to openly on the air to say, I quit. Right. Drop the mic, say, I'm out. I think that's, I think that's. Yeah. But, so, so I guess she's basically telling her bosses like Andy Lack and, and company, um, see NBC, you later. Right. <laughs> well, I don't know. In, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, I'm like, well, maybe you know, with the Arizona thing about to drop and we're going to start seeing results from other states after audits. Maybe shit's yeah. going to really hit the fan, but I don't think it's... Well, um, but, you know, the, the, the forensic audits being done in Arizona and, and that, that's also coming up in Pennsylvania that supposedly New Hampshire and Michigan are doing, but 
but we know Wisconsin and Georgia and perhaps even Minnesota and Nevada and Colorado and New Mexico could follow suit um, because um, I believe our founders in you know intended on us having a system of checks and balances. But here's the, here's the I guess I don't know I, I don't know if it's a problem that I have or an issue that I have. So we're going to spend millions of dollars doing these audits, but if What's going to, okay, when we find, because I think we all are, are all in agreement, a majority of people uh, that are conservative, that shenanigans happened during the election, that there was fraud indeed. But what is going to happen? What is going to be the results? Where's the accountability going to be? Now, if you're going to say, okay, well, we know there was fraud, but nothing we can do. So lift the fucking carpet, brush it all under, and let's proceed next year's election and we'll see how it goes. Then what's the point of mm-hmm. even conducting an audit? especially if there's nothing going to change with the systems in place. Now, obviously there are states out there currently that are making, that are changing laws to better protect the election and for there to be more integrity into our elections in different states. But like I said, if there's, that should be occurring regardless of what these audits show, in my opinion, Uh, everybody, everybody should be able to have to show an ID. Everybody should be a citizen. mm -hmm. Uh, to be eligible to vote. I don't think those are very problematic to ask. Well, yeah. And then you also have to consider that with states passing these comprehensive voter ID and stricter election laws that the Biden administration and and the ACLU and other allies are going to be very quick to sue and thinking that, um, that they're, that that they're going to count on the Supreme court to, um, you know, give these states the finger wag of, no, you messed up. Um, you know that that these laws are unconstitutional in general. I, I, I really, but uh, but I think they got a rude awakening waiting for them too. Well, I, I I hope what I really hope is that the truth comes out, whether uh, it be whether it be mm-hmm. that it shows election fraud or not. I just want the American people uh, to know what the hell happened. There needs to be transparency. Uh, in addition, like I said back on Friday, mm-hmm. if there are uh, outside people paying for these audits, I don't think there's any issue of the American people knowing who's paying, who's footing the bill. Uh, if there's to hide, mm-hmm. be transparent. If there's, if you're trying to hide shit, well, you already know what my opinion on that is. Anyways, we're going to come uh, take our last break of the night. Uh, when we come back, I have an amazing story. In addition to I'll let yes. you guys know what Hasbro thinks about children, and uh, you'll you'll be surprised that children and infants, even at the early age of three months, could be racist. We'll be right back right after this. Enjoying yourselves? Then please be sure to follow the show on Podbean and many of the other social media platforms, including Twitter at Slightly Serious, Instagram, and Facebook. Our podcasts are also available to download on many different platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Google Podcasts, and many more. All right, welcome back. So about a week ago, I received some information from a very, very solid source. We'll just say that. And basically, uh, this source had informed me that they had a friend who was a school teacher. And I'm going to go ahead and I'll read you uh, basically the, the information that I had received. And then we can kind of talk about it a little bit. Um, the, the, the teacher said that, that the last week of school, uh, they had different schedules. And they always uh, say the pledge first thing in the morning, like every, you know, in elementary school. I, I'm sure everybody remembers when they were a kid. They, 
In elementary school, you stood for the Pledge of Allegiance and all that good stuff. The teachers went on to say that they had a different group of students for the pledge. I told them, uh, meaning, meaning not her regular, her, his or her regular students. Um, and that uh, teacher had told them to stand, and three of them refused. And basically, the teacher informed them that there's a Florida statute that requires all students that do not have excuses on file from their parents that they must stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. They do not have to say the pledge, the teacher says, and do not have to put hand over their hearts, but they must stand. That's according to the statute. The three students still refused, and uh, the teacher told them that they could move to Canada, which is a wonderful country, and would not have to stand for our flag there. So a couple days pass, and uh, about three days later, the teacher got summons. Uh, after, after school got out for the summer, uh, the teacher got uh, summons to the front office to meet with an investigator. And apparently it turned out that one of the little brats that uh, did not want to get off his ass went to mommy and daddy and complained. And uh, in that uh, office, they said that they had received a complaint from one of the parents. And uh, basically, turns out that the parents said that this teacher had threatened students, which the teacher said they did not and submitted an anonymous complaint to the principal. Through the uh, Freedom of Information Act, the teacher found out that the principal received the complaint directly. In, compl in the complaint, they said that they are a parent and their child secretly videotaped me in the class. The teacher said that it made, made them upset because that teacher does not allow phones in the classroom. And... The teacher then told the investigator that it basically said to the students what, uh, what that teacher had told to the students, and that would be the end of it. But no, uh, he has to finish the investigation, which included talking to an assistant principal where she was not even aware of this policy, that standing is required by state law. So now, apparently, the, uh, the teacher is now having to wait until school resumes and uh, basically have another meeting and uh, we'll see what happens and bottom line uh, bottom line the teacher says is that they are on a witch hunt for anybody conservative or patriotic in the freedom of information act uh, the teacher also received two video club uh, two video clips uh, both showing that uh, the teacher did nothing wrong yes uh, the teacher was mad and that teacher had said so, but they refused to stand. The whole thing consumed this teacher's entire summer. It's wrong, very frustrating, and the teacher feels like they are guilty and must prove their innocence instead of the other way around. Quote, when we, go, when we return to school, I will have to go to a meeting to defend myself, and then a decision will be made that either this will go in my employee record or not. But when I go back, I'm not sure how long I plan to be working. They will have a difficult time finding a replacement. And right now, I am not feeling love or support I should be feeling from my supervisors. It's, it's a crying shame when you hear about shit like that. Um, our teachers, they are the most, 
I, it's amazing that the shit that they have to put up with in the first place, uh, especially, especially teachers in inner cities. But in all communities around our country, teachers should be celebrated just as our law enforcement and our military men and women. Uh, the, the type of crap that they have to put up with, many times them having to use money out of their own personal finances to help children because they might not have the resources for materials or whatnot, all because they care about our communities throughout this country. And for anybody, I mean, where, whatever happened to community? Not just necessarily in society, but in a community, even from a workplace. Where, where are the union leaders for this gal or gentleman? Why is it that it seems like nowadays, no matter what, the child has the upper hand? I mean, obviously, they have videotape of this incident occurring. And like I've said before, if someone's breaking a law, to me, there's, hey, if you're, you're breaking the law, you, you deserve the discipline. Is the teacher uh, out of line saying, hey, if you don't, well, you just fucking move to Canada? Well, you might consider that. But it, I don't think it has anything to do with them threatening somebody. I mean, if, you, if, the, if a teacher pulled out a gun and said, hey, fucker, stand up for the pledge. Okay, you got a case. The, uh, the teacher probably shouldn't be there. For words to be spoken about, hey, if you're going to be a disrespectful little shit, why don't you get the hell out of here and move to Canada? Uh, that's not threatening to me. To me, that's being patriotic. Is it out of line? Eh, maybe, maybe if it is, I'll, you know, a little slap on the wrist. No big deal. The biggest part is, hey, the fucking child's not listening to what they're being told. Kind of like how criminals uh, basically refuse to abide Orders by law enforcement, and yet law enforcement is the bad guy. Same story here. We have the teacher. The teacher's the bad guy. Yeah. 10, 20 years, 10, yeah. 20 years ago, you would not have anything like this occurring. But nowadays, it's the people that are disrespectful, not abiding the law. It seems like they're the ones that get the privilege these days. And uh, it'll you know, go ahead, uh, Eric. Well, then, but I and I know, like, um, you know, I, I, I know that it's no secret that you have have like bad teachers in the classroom, but you also got good teachers too. But but then you, but then you know, look at like ki kids like be, being thrown in like in like the in the sped classes, um, and and they don't want to, you know, give 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 like you know kids like the help that they truly need. It's like that they want to label them as one thing and one thing only. It's like they want to put on their permanent record, troubled child, you know, end of story. You know, and and we know that at the end of the day, the learning starts at home but because because schools were not really intended to be a 24-7 babysitting service. Uh, as, as schools were meant to be a learning institution. Well, you know what? That, that's the sad part. I, I have a feeling that a lot of Americans in this country rely on the school system for is babysitting services to where you know and then parents of these kids having to work three and four jobs to put food on the table and pay the rent and 
the, the, and the, the thing about it is it go, it all starts at the home. And I think you, you nailed it on the dot mm-hmm. when you said, you, you know, some of the responsibility goes back to the parents. When parents are too afraid yeah. to teach their children respect, that's, that's, that's the biggest problem that we have. And uh, it's obviously mm-hmm. uh, showing there at school as well. And uh, we'll, we'll continue to follow the story to see what happens. Uh, there is, there's probably mm-hmm. an outside chance that we might get this teacher uh, to go on the show, but we, uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, right now, um, this uh, is not really a, a public story, so, but uh, right. we do uh, hope that the teacher in this case uh, ends up on the right side of things because I'm telling you, it, these, these kids, it's, it's like they, whatever, whatever, I, I don't understand. Uh, at what point, Pert or Eric, wh- where did we start allowing children to dictate what goes on in this world? Do, uh, Doe says, my wife has been a teacher for over 20 years and absolutely loves what she does. But if you ask her, if you knew then what you know now, would you still go into that profession? She says, probably not. I mean, I'm sure that teachers yeah. all across this country now are basically stepping, like tiptoeing around because they're so freaking worried about someone getting offended or somebody, you know. No, she made it fun of me. You'd ask kind of, you know, where the turn happened, in my opinion. It happened when they took punishment, you know, corporal punishment out of the school, and they had no recourse when students acted up. They have nothing they can do now. I mean, before that, there was a a threat, you know, a repercussion for your action. Mm -hmm. Now there is none. Well, when I went to school, you go to Um, uh, uh, Saturday school or some shit. They made you go to school on a Saturday. No, that was the movie Breakfast uh-huh. Club. <laughs> no, <I'm> serious. <laughs> like they put- I never had a weekend school. I've, you know, I when, had detention um, growing up my share, but uh, we never had weekend on schools. If I it wasn't to. that severe, you would get detention after school. But if you were a really, really bad kid, you had to show up to school on a Saturday for like six or seven hours. Yeah, that's what they did. Uh, well, yeah, and... Um, if my grandmother Pat was still here, you know, she's been gone for nine years now. Um, you know, she, she'd be quick to point out to you and to others that, that I think the biggest, biggest thing that really hurt her public education is when they took that non-denominational prayer out of public schools, you know, by that Supreme court ruling that was brought about by atheists who, who later, you know, took their own, own lives, you know, you know, but, but, but I think regretting the decision that they made because, you know, when when you when you took took God out of public schools, granted, even though we are a country that is supposed to respect the separation of church and state, um, you know, I think that you know she she you know she was steadfast in that in that defense that that really did more harm than good. Yeah, I I think you know what, parents, if you're going to allow your kids to go to public school. You need to have the faith in the public schools to uh, worry about. Uh, and they need to be more involved in their kids' education and, and not being so worried about, you know, holding down a job long term. Because, you know, you know, if you don't hold down a certain job long term, there are always other jobs out there unless you are secure in a pro- profession that you went that you busted your ass and went to college for, like like to be a doctor or a lawyer. Well, isn't it ironic how these same students, uh, school uh these the, you know, these parents uh of these kids 
They have no idea what's being mm-hmm. taught to their children. They could care less about critical race theory or about, I don't know, yeah. what, what kind of math, fake math. I'll just call it faith math. Um, but Yeah, Common Core and critical race theory, yes. And but, but, um, I, know we, we, I know we would love to get Tatiana on the show. But, but at the same time, the, the second, the instant their child says, oh, the teacher made me stand for the pledge. Uh, you know what? If that was my child, or, I would just smack the shit out of him. I really would. I don't give a shit if they would call Child Protective Services or not. Well, you know that, you know, when you would like do, do corporal punishment on a kid, you, you were basically instilling the fear of God's wrath in them, making a believer out of them is what it is. Well, the kids these days don't even, uh, they, they're not scared of anything. I mean, they could, they know they can call the 911 and have their, ki- their parents arrested uh, just like that. I mean, hell, in, in, in certain places, I was reading something like in the UK or somewhere, they're starting to install uh, scans. Uh, you know, basically, you have to scan your phone that you've gotten vaccinated or you have to wear your mask. Or they're urging people in society to call 911 and report these people. Anyways. Um, we'll keep, like I said, we'll keep you updated on that. Um, the last story I had, uh, has to do with Hasbro, uh, the uh, mm-hmm. maker of children's toys. And, uh, apparently there's a whistleblower that's coming out to project Veritas's James O'Keefe. And I don't know, well, I'll read you a little bit of the story, but I'll focus. Uh, I want to put the focus on how this one company that they're contracting about critical race theory, the shit that they have to say. And uh, basically, James O'Keefe, the uh, founder of Project Veritas, interviewed a Hasbro insider, a packaging engineer, David Johnson, who is currently has had his, uh, basically his access has been suspended. He hasn't been fired from Hasbro yet, but I'm sure it's going to be a matter of hours before it does happen. And uh, that insider had spoken about critical race theory training that he was forced to participate in and leaked a video showing the conscious kid co-founders Katie Ishizuka and Ramon Stevens lecturing Hasbro employees as per the post millennial. The conscious kid, as per its website, is a registered 501c nonprofit that serves as an quote education, research, and policy organization dedicated to equity and promoting healthy racial identity development in youth. Per the post millennial. In the interview, Johnson said, quote, they are attempting to covertly push CRT through branding and messaging through their products, adding that a program developed by the Conscious Kid, quote, is working with Hasbro to teach children about racial bias at an early age. And uh, the program reportedly talked about how children show racial bias. Get this. At an early age, as young as three to six months. I'll repeat that. This program is saying that children at the age of three to six months show racial bias. Can someone please explain how the fuck that is? The last thing I know is a baby that's three to six months basically shits themselves, pisses themselves, eats a little from the teat, and probably cries. But these, uh, these idiots are trying to tell you that, oh, they are showing racial bias. Oh, 
How the hell does a three to six month year old show racial bias? You want to talk about fake fucking news? That's these people. Anyways, the program also really reportedly talked about how children are capable of expressing racial bias by the age of three, three years old. So, you know, be careful out in society amongst three-year-olds because they might be racist as fuck. This isn't something I want to do, he says. This is something I felt I had to do. This is a hill worth dying on, said Johnson about acting as a whistleblower. I decided to come to Project Veritas because I opposed the indoctrination of children that they wanted to push, and I felt that more people needed to know about it. Speaking with O'Keefe, Johnson also said in the video, quote, I think it's absurd to just state as fact that at two years old that children are going to be racist and using race to reason about who they're going to play with and discriminating based on. He added, quote, I've seen this ideology a, a lot over the past seven years to have it so in my face that my place of work was just astounding to me to state to just state categorically that at five years old, your, child's, your children are as racist as adults, which is implying that the parents are also racist in some manner, I think it's absurd, he said. Johnson also added, quote, we're not supposed to be a society where the black people only play with the black toys and the white people only play with the white toys. And to me, that's not progress. It's regress. It's regress of the civil rights era and the progress that was made then. Why are they trying to get people to see the world in terms of race? If they're the same people who are complaining that one group is privileged over another? Earlier this year, Hasbro announced that all 16 of the Monopoly community chess cards, which allowed players to collect extra money, will be replaced to bring them more in line with current social attitudes. The existing set of cards offer players cash bonuses, such as second prize in a beauty contest or $10 or, quote, Bank error in your favor of $200. Hasbro, has, however, has said that they are, quote, overdue for a refresh because COVID-19 pandemic has given the word, quote, community, a whole new meaning. The company even invited the public, uh, the general public to help change this by voting online for new community chess cards, such as, quote, shop local or rescue a puppy or help your neighbor. Unbelievable. So, um... Let's let's take a it's poll time, folks. Uh, what in the chat? Um, if you believe that children are racist at the age of three months to six months, that's that's the first topic. Uh, number two, if uh, you think it's just uh, absurd that these people are wacko and, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, so one one, if you think that ch children at the age of three uh, to six months are, are racist or have the potential to be racist or two, that uh, this is just more rhetoric. It, it's amazing to me. I mean, I, I wouldn't even say at the age of five. It, it's, it's, it, it amazes me how, you know, back in the day when I was uh, in school, right? Everyone was all about, you know, there's no color. You know, you don't look at color. Why, why is everybody looking at color? Martin Luther King didn't want people to look at people and base decisions on the color. But now, all of a sudden, it's uh, important. We need to make sure we know what color we're looking at, I guess. Pertwee's uh, Honeybee says, our granddaughter picked out 
picked out at Target a darker-skinned baby doll when she was three. She used to call it her black baby doll, and she wasn't racist. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing racist about that. Too Much Sauce says they do follow trends, but not racist. I, I love you too there, Too Much Sauce. I appreciate you joining us tonight. I mean, I, I don't get it. I mean... There's, I mean, hell, when, when does uh, normally a, a new child begin to even speak? Five? Four or five? I mean, I, you go to any school. I promise you, go to any school. I, it could be inner city. It could be outer city. It could be wherever. Do you really think for one bit that children are playing with certain children based on the color of their skin? Come on. You have to wake up, folks. Wake up. This is, this is a talking point. This is something to uh, divert your attention from other issues. Yeah, I'll take a call. If you'd like to call in and talk uh, about it too much, sauce. I know we have a couple minutes left, but uh, what's going on? Too much? Welcome hey guys, hi Eric, hi Curly. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Love you guys. I miss you guys slightly. I follow you on everything, YouTube, Spotify, everything, everything. You're my, you're my dude, you're my dude. <laughs> really quick, you know, I'm a school teacher, for, first okay. of all. And growing up on the south side of Chicago, where everybody was the same color, you only saw somebody that was a different color if you went like to the north side or even maybe to a grocery store, you know. Um, and even at that age, I think I was from zero to 18. I lived in Chicago. I didn't see color. I saw somebody who was different. It wasn't, I think what we're doing now is changing a difference to racism. Everything is a racist thing now. You know, they're changing the definition of what it really is. You know, so if I went like I, to the doctor and I said, mom, why is his eye slamming right. like that? You know, and she would be like, oh, because he looks like that. You know, she never said, oh, because he's Asian or because he's this or that. You know, so when I did come to California and I noticed that there were so many different nationalities, I'm like, whoa, baby, there's so many, many people for me to know and to get to know and know their cultures and all of those things. And to see the kids interact with each other. African-American kids speaking Japanese, speaking French, speaking, you know, right. uh, and just learning each other's dialect, becoming friends without any um, any parents or any adults influencing them. When I look on the playground, those kids plan. Those kids are really helping one, each other, one another play double dodge. Uh, these kids know how to play double dodge. These kids know how to play uh, horseshoe. You know what I'm saying? But... For some reason, our society, our country still wants to divide us, guys. So by any means necessary, they're going to try to do it. They're going to try to, you know, everything we teach now has to be what they want us to teach. We can't even have our own lesson plan anymore. They coming up with their own math, their own this, you know, everything is so diverse. Now, now you say you're a teacher. Got, you said yeah. you're a teacher. You said oh, yeah. right. yes. Now, have, have they yes. introduced, uh, what's the math called again? What is Common Core. Do they have Common Core? I hate that. Or do they shit. have it at your school? Yes, are you, they do. Are you, yes, they do. Now, are you forced no. to teach it? Well, okay, see, I'm a reading specialist, so let me, I don't do math. Um, my daughter attends the public schools, and I don't let her do that. I amped her out of 
the math classes. You know, I exempt her from all of those type of things when it becomes their, um, their te- the way of teaching. You know, one plus one to me slightly has always been two. I ain't never had to have a box and a shoe to go with that. You understand? So I'm just not a fan of Common Core. I'm not a fan with this new, it's called, um, it's called the B5. And what they're doing is giving these kids college courses, setting them up to fail at the age of seven. You know, just dumb stuff. And I don't understand why we're doing it. Well, I do. I, to me, my opinion is a currency. You know, well, now, I, I have a question because uh, I'm sure you're, you're friends with math teachers and stuff like that, right? What, I love without, them, yes. Without, without, without like math. throwing them under the bus, we don't need names or anything like that. But how do they feel? Yeah. Do they feel that they don't have a voice in what the hell's being done or what? They don't. A lot of them don't, you know, and see teachers are now, man, very hard to come by. And when I say teachers, anybody can put on a, a football uniform and think they're a football player, but everybody can't teach. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So as a real math teacher that I do know some and I do love math myself, they're actually frustrated, you know, because what happens is you're given this curriculum in July. School starts in August. You you know what I'm saying? So that means you're learning it while you're teaching it. And then while you're learning it, you're looking at it because I know you're old school like me. You're like, wait a minute. That's always been the numerator. This has always been denominator. Why are we? You know what I'm saying? So it's going to. It's, 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 it's a controversy thing. I've seen now, let me, on the other hand, I've seen one of the math teachers who love it. Why do love they love it? it? And I think the reason that she loves it is because she's a brainiac. So she loves all different types of ways to do things. Right. You know, um, some people like myself, when I find something that I'm going to just give it to you straight, please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. You know, when I find something that I'm comfortable with, that's what I'm going to stick right. with. I'm not going to find a whole new way to do Pimp Doss. Well, and at you know, the end but, of the day, I mean, the correct answer, there's always, in mathematics, there's always one definite correct answer. And I, I honestly, I don't care how you get to it. I mean, you can get, use your fingers to count. You can use memorization. However the hell you can get to it, God bless you as long as you get to it. But see, remember, these kids, most of the time, they're given time tests. You know, um, when I remember I was given a Scantron. But nowadays, if you're given this Common Core test, um, you're, you don't have enough time to count on your fingers like we used to. You don't have enough time to draw the lines like we used to. Once you put that cube in your brain, now you're thinking of how many cubes that you have in one box. You know, so your mind has now went away from addition to geometry. Gotcha. So it's like, I I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish I knew whoever invented, I did read a little bit. What, what was the purpose of, of it? You know, what, what, what was the thing for it? I really do. I want to get your input because you are a teacher and uh, we, we, uh, earlier in the show, we went over a, uh, an issue with a teacher, basically having students stand up for the pledge of allegiance. She wasn't making these kids uh, put their hand over their heart or even utter the words of the pledge of allegiance. She was right. make force it, not forcing, but she was telling these kids, you need to stand. And uh, these, oh, wow. these students apparently did not uh, follow. And basically, you know, she made the comment of, hey, uh, well, you might as well move to Canada or something. And uh, the, okay. these, uh, now the, uh, the teacher might be in big hot water because, uh, you know, uh, according to uh, the reports that we've gotten, the uh, principal has been informed that the teacher was, quote unquote, uh, uh, 
basically they were threatening these children. Wow. I'm, where wow. has it come to where these okay. children have the upper hand in everything? Let me just say, um, like I said, um, I grew up with my country, tears of East Wheeling. Okay. Now, my mom um, was a Muslim, like, uh, that, that was the religion that they followed. And we were not allowed to put our hands over mm-hmm. our heart. Um, she would always tell us to be obedient and to stand but don't pledge allegiance to anything but right. God. And so she mm-hmm. broke it down to us, you know, so we would always stand in obedience because we, you know, that was the rules of the school that you had to stand for the United States of the, you know, the flag, but um, we didn't have to recite the whole pledge of allegiance thing. So as an adult, I um, myself as a Christian, mm-hmm. and I also told my children, um, you have to be respectful. So you go ahead and you stand, but you do not have to put your hand over you. Now it's your choice. Right. Now, the, the, now that's the, the difference. I gave Now the teacher choice. in this case did inform the children and everything that there are statutes on the books that it's required for students to stand. And she did let, you know, they don't and and that is that's so uh, that's why I say I don't know if she's going to be in hot water because she did that part now, but if she's telling them that they're wrong in an opinionated way for not standing, then she can be in trouble for that. But if the laws and the books of the um, school that states that these children have to stand for the United States, then that's what they have to do, you know, and that principal may even be in trouble for defiant of character if she's trying to say something against that teacher without knowing the full background, you understand? So my daughter comes to me, um, she's now 27 and she says, mom, my teacher said that um, I can sit down doing the flag. And I said, oh, really? I said, I never heard mm-hmm. of that. She said, yeah, because I always mumble the words anyway. I said, me too. I never already, I never really knew the whole, the whole word, so I always mumbled it. And she was like, well, mom, but I want to stand. I said, so why don't you stand? She said, because you made us sit see, And I had to go back and I said, I didn't want to be one of those parents that make you have the same religion right. as me, to make you think this way I think. I want you to be your own. So she's, I said, Lachey, if I told you that, I apologize Whatever you feel is right. That's what you do. She said, well, I'll sit down some days and I'll stand up. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that too much sauce, daughter? You I'm know what I'm saying? So, I'm, I'm, man, I just, I applaud these children for having a voice and finally want to say some things. But I wish they say some things about some things that, you know, really is a necessity right, right. now. Yeah, no, I hear you. And, uh, you know, like I said, uh, the teacher had explained that uh, they had the note on file that they had to stand. And that also wow. a uh, Florida statute and uh, basically approved by the school board uh, statute. It's a school board statute as well. So it'd be interesting how that uh, comes to fruition as far as what happens. Oh, I can't wait to see that. I'm going to have to look that up because, like, I'm telling you, there's so much stuff that the educational system is allowed to do now because of, and I don't want to say because of COVID, but since COVID has started, you know, and since all this social media is out, there is no more a family. A family is just depicted by our government, what they think a family is, what they think math is, what they think we, you know, they've been to phonics out, they've been to cursive writing out, you know, so it's like, we're just, it seems like we're all being hip, want to be hypnotized by what they want us to do. It's just like that movie, The Step for Wise, mm-hmm. remember? 
they all did oh, the yeah. same thing. It seems like that's what they're trying to get us to do, for everybody to do exactly the same now, thing. Now, one last question I have before I, I let you go, because we are a little over time tonight. It's oh, amazing okay. to me how many uh, teachers in the public school system there are that choose to have their children go to private school. Where, where's your stance on that? If, if uh, you, And I want to say that's because they're in it for the currency. You know, most right now during this time, um, I have to be honest, the last part of last year, I homeschooled Diamond. Um, the other kids, they all went to private school. They did. It wasn't because I could afford it or anything like that. It was a Montessori program that I felt it was more hands on. It was more challenging than the public school was given. As a teacher, I saw exactly what I was able to teach and I knew my kids could do more. So when they had the Montessori program come up with my oldest girl, I couldn't help it but put the other ones through there. You know, she was reading at high school level in like seventh grade. So it wasn't no offense or anything to the public school. I think teachers just know that their kids can exceed a little bit more mm -hmm with more one-on-one or more, you know, a private setting. If that yeah, no, that makes sense. sense a lot. Oh, I get you. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it there. Too much sun. So it's always I, good to hear I from you. Come, come around more often, young lady. Uh, yeah, yes, uh, It's good to yes. hear your voice, and I hope everything's fine. You too, guys. Hi, Eric. Hi, Eric. Good, Hi, good, Eric. good seeing you too, Miss Awesome. How are you two you guys doing it really quick before we hang up? How y'all doing? I'm doing great. You, That's and how great. about you, Perk? Kurt, how you doing, boo? Hey, how you doing, Sauce? How's things going over in uh, the other show there? Oh, man, everything's going good. Everything, you know, I got the popping news and gossip, and ain't no news and gossip because Slightly just said it all. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he, he's not afraid to tackle anything, is he? I know, and that's what I love about yeah. that. And you rounding third so down much. in the chat, just acknowledge you, too. Okay, you bring so much enlightenment to every situation there's no like okay i'm only going to talk about this so that's why you get i'm my here love to talk with. about everything and, uh, and even, air, air even if it's not something that i bring to the table and lady me in the chat i encourage our listeners to bring shit to the table uh for us to you know to give us uh you know our thoughts on as well yeah that that's what's up that's what's up so slightly basically are you saying you serve up shit sandwiches every night yeah. exactly and Eric and Eric puts the spoon and fork, you know, right beside him. That's right. Catch all the shit nightly with slightly. Yeah. Thing that I have to figure out. There's something around about a duck that's going around on Podbean. I don't know what the hell that is all about. The yeah. duck. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me just give you. Now I know that Chris unplugged. The yes. DJ, there is. So if y'all have not yet checked out a Friday with Chris unplugged, you better check them out. Quack quack. <laughs> or he says yeet. Now yeet is the word that we say on the show. Yeet. Every time he does a different song oh, or something. Right. But for real, you know, tears, tears is good, everybody. I really love that's a, Chris. New, that's a new word that I've learned over the past 24 hours. Yeet. 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 <laughs> I think I'm going to add that to my bonics it's almost, thing. Yeah, yeet. it's like an abonics word, I think. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like yeet. yeet. So it's like a sound a cartoon character makes or something. What? Yeet. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's oh, see y'all got to come on because I was on the other day with Woody Woodpecker. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> yeet is compared to yeet is kind of like yeah, but with additional ease. Right, <laughs> really? You got to put some eggs with I it. Don't. 
Like I haven't done that yet. No, no, not like that. See, you said that like I was gonna be coming down to Salva. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. You gotta say yeet. Yeet. I think yeet. it means like, well, I don't like, know if I get my voice that high. Well, you gotta say like look, you gotta say yeet like sauce. Yeet. 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 Oh, look at slightly yeah. Eric. Got it, got it. <laughs> oh, look, I'm over here teaching y'all ebonics. All right, y'all. Love you guys. Let me head All out, right, guys. See you, sauce. See you later, guys. All right. Well, let's uh, let's do around the table for some final thoughts uh, before we head on out of here. Uh, Producer Eric, uh, anything you'd like to? to... Well, um, we would like to remind friends of the Slightly Serious Show next Monday that our good friends from the Freethink Institute, Ray Bell, Jim Dwyer, Dustin Freeland, Peter Haritados, Arch Kendi, and Dave Largo will be joining us next week, July 26th, for their third appearance here on the Slightly Serious Show for what? I'm sure it'll be a good show. So let's hashtag the live cast for that show. All right. I appreciate that producer, Eric and uh, part any uh, last words for the night. I think I want to go to slightlyshow.com, Check out the swag store and see if there's a shirt on there about uh, serving up shit sandwiches or oh, something. Yeah. I have to develop something for that, but I think that's uh, cool. I, I have a couple of other ideas as far as sayings and stuff like that uh, to put on some swag. And uh, I'll have to talk to our engineers, see what they can work up and put it in the store. But uh, we'll copyright that stuff when you I, do. I, I definitely will have to uh, make sure you uh, check us out over on the website. Go to uh, slightly serious at uh, the Twitter. Uh, yeah, Twitter, Twitter as well. I think I, how many uh, posts did I do? I did like four posts tonight uh, this afternoon. I have to look what mm-hmm. I said. Oh, you must be exhausted. You poor thing. <laughs> I, I <know>. Well, um, <laughs> six one nine does that. Every fifteen seconds, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, oh, he he blows up like Instagram like crazy. Um, and I wonder if he's still blowing TikTok up like crazy. Well, let's see. I did one about uh, the Dow dropping because uh, President Biden. Oh, I didn't even show show this to you tonight. Uh, basically, let me play this really quick. Stock market is higher than it has been in all of history, even when it's down this month. Even down this month. Now, I don't look at the stock market as a means by which to judge the economy, like my. My uh, predecessor did. Yeah, that's the the president's word today. He doesn't look at the stock market to kind of gauge how the economy is doing. Um, so my my tweet on that was: He doesn't look at the stock market to gauge the state of our economy. Are you a fucking fool, at PO, um, uh, President of the United States? What the hell does he look at? I don't know. And the, then I went and said, "And your dumbass got elected." Oh wait, you cheated. Never mind. <laughs> It, it would kind of go hand in hand. He could look in the kitty litter box. It'd be the same thing. That it might. Yeah, I agree with that. So that was, you know, some of that. Uh, I also uh, retweeted for the folks that live here in California, how uh, basically tweeted out the website to go to, to basically uh, there's a, uh, there's a website, a petition out there to stop the uh, gas, but not the gas tax. It's a, it's a mileage tax, but basically it equates to 80 cents a gallon in uh, gas taxes, but based on mileage. So uh, go to, uh, you know, our Twitter page. You'll see the click, uh, click on the link there to make sure that they don't fucking start taxing the amount of miles you drive. But anyways, slightly, you think that the push to get to electric vehicles or they're still going to tax electric vehicles also, because why would they give you a gas tax if you're not consuming gas? Well, my opinion on that is, okay, they're not going to tell you about the electric prices going skyrocketing once gas cars are gone. Um, but I mean, we live in a state here in California to where, I mean, in the summer months, you get charged like three to f- 
three to four times the amount uh, during certain hours, during peak time when people are using electricity, because the grid can't handle the current electricity. What are they going to do when all the cars go to electric vehicles? Well, and they're not as green as everybody pushes, because remember, something has to happen to generate that electricity that's charging that car. Right. It's going to need to utilize gas, isn't it? Well, I mean, it, it could be um, gas, fossil fuel, uh, nuclear reactor, and all of those generate waste. It's just a matter of what kind. I, I, and, I, and I get it with the fossil fuels and, hey, greenhouse effect and all this. But you know what? That radiation stays around for tens of thousands of years. Then it does. So it does. They, they don't well, really like, think about that. I'm like, I'm more comfortable yes, like having a vehicle that operates on internal combustion, which is, you, you know, you put put fuel in, in the gas tank and, and, and let it run to your low fuel light comes on because what people have got to realize is that those electric cars, um, you know, it's being powered by like a, a coal burning factory that that's emitting like, like toxins and pollution into the atmosphere. Yeah. Honeybee is yeah. up a good point about the batteries. I mean, what about those, those become a waste issue. Uh, that's mm-hmm. not, that's not healthy. Because rare earth elements makes it's made from, is how they make your car batteries. Did you see where Lamborghini is making their last aspirated engine? Really? They are uh, going to go all electric. I, can, I mean, a muscle car like that, and they're going electric. I'd never thought I'd see that day. Wow. Well, the other and there were two other ones too. I can't remember what they were, but they were sports cars. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, you're fine. I was I was thinking uh, the next time I buy a vehicle, I'm pretty sure it'll be gas powered. But. Uh, I think, I think mm. the color choice I'm going to go with is going to be green. And the reason why... Green. Yeah, because uh, no matter where I go to park, when I'm going shopping or whatnot, right, I see signs. It's, it's getting to be as bad as handicaps. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. And yeah, I know where you're posted going. posted that says, green vehicles only. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, my car's green, so I'm parking here. Yeah. Um, if, if you and Big Sexy didn't drive Mercedes or BMW, would y'all either be driving Toyota or a Honda? Would you drive GM or Ford? What what, what would y'all pick uh, be? Or would you just prefer to stick with BMW and Mercedes? Um, I, I'm a big fan of uh, Japanese-made cars. Well, so I guess Honda or Toyota would probably be. Uh, Toyota, uh, before Mercedes, before the German cars, I always drove a uh, Toyota. Uh, I, I like the Forerunners. Those were pretty good. I like big, bigger vehicles. Uh, but the Camrys are nice as well. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I've got a Corolla. Uh, I, I pass on. I pass on the. I guess not politically correct term. Uh, I'm not a big fan of rice rockets. And if you don't know what a rice rocket is, Google it, and I'm sure there's some images. Mm. But uh, yeah, Toyota's where it's at for me. Yeah, Toyota Corollas are good. A Honda Pilot. That, that those are big. Those are nice and comfy. Um, if, if I drove a Honda, it would be an Accord or a Civic. Yeah, the only the only thing I would think about doing is doing a hybrid Mercedes SUV. Um, I don't know, just because gas is getting so expensive. I don't know. Well, we're twenty minutes over, but I guess we need to go ahead and start getting on out of here. All right. Eric's right. got another show to go to. <laughs> <laughs> well, but we got trivia tomorrow night. Um, is um, are we going to still kick everybody's asses or? Or is somebody going to find the kids ask for a change? But we'll find out. Yeah, we will tomorrow night, 930 uh, uh, Eastern time, not Central or Pacific. But 930 Eastern time. Check us out on uh, SlightlyShow.com, Twitter, 
Twitter at slightly serious. Make sure we keep going between 180 to 179 followers. I don't know. I guess people get butthurt about some tweets. But anyways, uh, for those of you that continue to follow us through all the rhetoric that we put on our social media, you kind of get more of an inside look into my mind. It might be good. It might be bad. But it is what it is. But hopefully I appreciate you guys all joining in tonight over there on DLive, Twitch. And hell, I think you even might have gotten somebody over on airtime. But uh, until tomorrow night, have a lovely evening, and God bless you, and God bless America. Good night, everybody. See everybody. Check out the Dancing Monkeys on D-Live. Not all content is endorsed by Slightly. However, if you'd like to contact me for any reason, email us over at Slightly Serious Show at... Yeah. Don't forget to share the show and help us grow our audience. And remember, we mean that in the most serious way. Until the next time... Good night, everybody. And remember, I love you. And I love your show. <laughs>